It's the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller, wishing you a happy Friday, February 17th, 2023. It is Champion Crab Races Day. I hope you and yours celebrate this day with the utmost power and joy. Today on our show, we will recap another game in which Ohio State has lost. This one to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Not only will we recap it, we'll give some thoughts. We'll also give some thoughts on other people's thoughts, which would be Chris Holtman, an Iowa player, speaking of the Buckeyes play and comparing Ohio State to the first time in which they met. And then we'll also give some takeaways, my own takeaways and some takeaways from you, the fan. That and maybe even more on today's show. Excited to have you here. You may not be excited to be here, which is fine, and I won't blame you. I hope you're excited to hear about Ohio State sports, specifically basketball. That's what we do on this show. Maybe we've cursed them. I was speaking with, I've actually spoken with a couple people who have realized that I literally have not made an episode to recap an Ohio State win yet. They have lost in every game. Since I've started this podcast. So maybe it's time to burn this thing to the ground. I don't know. Iowa defeating Ohio State 92-75. to The Buckeyes fall to 11-15 on the season. And 3-12 in Big Ten Conference play. I won't go through and tell you all the games they've lost in a row or losing a certain amount of games out of total games. It's just not worth it at this point. We know Ohio State basketball is in bad shape. They are 3-12 and in Big Ten Conference play. That puts them at 13th in the conference, just ahead of Minnesota, who sits at 1-12, and and most likely stuck right here in the 13th slot. Heading into the Big Ten Tournament, more likely that they be a 14 or a 13 than anything else at this point. Most likely taking on either Penn State or Nebraska. At least that's how it stands right now in the Big Ten Tournament. But why talk about the Big Ten Tournament and look ahead to that when you can talk about a loss to Iowa? A lot of thoughts from this game. You can start offensively. You can start with Sean McNeil. I guess we'll start with the offense. Buckeyes shoot 57.1% from the field. They shoot 53.3% from the three. Iowa only shoots 37% from behind the arc, but they still made more threes. Ohio State played well somewhat offensively when it comes to shooting metrics, but they still did turn it over 14 times. They were negative eight on the glass. Sean McNeil. 20 points. Didn't miss a shot. He goes 7 of 7 from the field. 2 of 2 from the free throw line in this one. Let's recap the game quickly before I go in and give some takeaways here. So, just like the first matchup, kind of what you would expect between two teams, especially one with Iowa playing in the game. A lot of threes, a lot of running up and down the floor, loose defense, 
some freshmen with some bad fouls on Ohio State side. That's just typically what you get used to seeing when you see Ohio State play, and especially against a team like Iowa, a team that loves to run, a team that loves to shoot up as many three-pointers as possible. That's what we saw. Heading into this game, in the first few minutes, even well throughout the first half, again, a lot more energy. It seems like this Buckeye team in the past couple of games has come out with at least some energy as opposed to less than zero or non-zero energy, but not much at all. In previous games, we saw, along with the energy, Chris Holtman kind of seemed into it. Roddy Gale, he had a block early on in the first half. Ice likely took a charge. Buckeye bench getting up the charge and and, and the block right in front of the Ohio State bench. Guys kind of seemed into it. And it led to a somewhat strong start. Even with the starting five that Chris Holtman threw out there, Tanner Holden ended up coming in very early in the game along with Sean McNeil. And Sean McNeil gave Ohio State a boost. Buckeyes found themselves down 19 to 12, six minutes into the game. They had already turned the ball over four times. Then Sean McNeil goes dummy. He decides to hit three threes. And the team goes four of four from deep during a stretch. They go on an 8-0 run out of the under 16 media timeout. And then for the next couple of minutes, it's just close basketball. Teams getting shots up, running up and down the floor in transition. Here's where Ohio State, in my opinion, makes their first mistake. Sean McNeil has proven he is going to light it up tonight. He hit a three, contested, deep, at the buzzer, drained it. I mean, up and in. Perfect shot arc, nothing but net. It was beautiful to see. Beautiful. Just a majestic shot. And... Then Sean McNeil, simply not a focal point. I don't care who it is. If you find anyone on that Ohio State roster who can get hot, at this point, you've got to just start feeding the ball, running plays for that player, letting him stay hot for as long as possible. Ohio State did not do that. After he... Sean McNeil gets off to a great start in this one. Kind of lulled back to sleep. He gets no touches until he performs, as the industry experts call, a backdoor cut. Led to free throws for McNeil. Got fouled on a shot. Went to the line. Speaking of free throws, Ohio State 11 of 11 from the free throw line at the half. And at the half... Ohio State had nine turnovers. Iowa only had three to close out the first half. Iowa making it rain. Four triples for Iowa. 12-0 run to carry the Hawkeyes into the locker rooms. And that was easily enough to bury Ohio State. You come out in the second half. Sean McNeil, he makes another what seemed like an impossible three. And you're you're left to wonder, why is he not getting more shots up? He only shot seven field goals tonight. Seven field goals, not good enough. 
when you've got a guy who's on fire. If you have a player who's 7 of 7 or 4 of 4, John McDaniel was 4 of 4 from 3 at that point. Shoot more. Get the ball in his hands in every possession and let him try to do something. And I get it. Sean McNeil is not a maestro when it comes to creating his own shot, and that's fine. But you've still got to get the ball in his hands more than they did. Again, second half, there's not really much to go into. The 12-point run by Iowa to close the second pretty much did in Ohio State. Iowa led at halftime by a score of 47-36. to 36. They then had a plus 7 No, plus six margin of victory in the second half. And that leads to a 92-75 to victory for the Hawkeyes. Again, Ohio State shot the ball well. However, that 11 of 11 free throw mark in the first half when Ohio State has been pretty okay at shooting free throws in the past two months or so at this point, they didn't shoot another free throw. In the second half, 11-11 was their final tally from the charity stripe. And then the Buckeyes finished the game negative seven in the turnover department. Iowa outscores Ohio State 16-4 to off of turnovers. And the Hawkeyes put up 23 assists in this one. I have my takes. I will not give them yet. Let's talk about the press conference after the game. There were a couple thoughts thrown out there by players, coaches, and even opposing players. And I'm going to start with Tony Perkins, a player for Iowa who led the Hawkeyes in scoring. He had 24 points on 11 of 16 shooting for the Hawkeyes in this one. And he said, Ohio State looked basically the same as the first time they played. I think Ohio State Buckeye Nation would argue that that's too high of praise for the Buckeyes and that they've looked remarkably worse in every game since then. But Tony Perkins said Ohio State looked basically the same. I would have to agree with that sentiment. This is a team that's not getting better. And at this point, it doesn't even look like they're staying the same. They are just getting worse night in and night out. So it's funny. You, you crush Iowa in the first matchup in Columbus, a game I thought Ohio State would have no business winning, and then they come out, they play at Iowa, and it's pretty much reversed in terms of what happens. Iowa handles the game for the most part the entire way. Tony Perkins says Ohio State didn't look that much different, so probably easy for Iowa to game plan and to manage that Ohio State team, especially at home, go win a game. Maybe the Buckeyes were tired too. It was a 9 p.m. Eastern start time. Sometimes I like to record the recap episodes the night of the game. Not happening. 11 o'clock rolls around. I stayed up for the whole game because I felt like it was my duty to you. And you deserve that right. Someone who covers Ohio State basketball year-round should probably watch every game in its entirety. And that's what I will do. So... That's, that is what it is. I got to bed a little later than I wanted. We started at 9 p.m. Eastern, late game. Maybe the Buckeyes were a little sleepy, okay? Maybe that's part of it. Ugh. Anyways, 
that that that's enough on thoughts uh, from Tony Perkins. Let's talk about Chris Holtman's thoughts. Uh, I'm grabbing one quote of his and one quote only because I got to pause here. Uh, I I will get animated. I already you can't tell it's a podcast. I'm waving my arms around already. Chris Holtman and this team after every loss, it's I don't have any answers. They're not really anything other than timid and unsure, not only on the floor, but after games as well. Don't get me started. I still will not join the camp of fire Chris Holman. Sorry. Quote, I think we got caught staring at the ball too much and staring at drives too much. We had a hard time guarding the ball. I thought we had some periods of really good effort and some stretches where I've got to go back and look at it. End quote. I tell you what. This could this quote could have been from any game this season, I feel like. Staring at the ball. Good effort at times. Other times, not so much. And then the famous Chris Holtman quote, if you pay attention to anything that he says, you will hear him say, I've got to go back and look at it. We've got to go back and look at it. That's fine. I, it, it's fine. you got to go back and look at the film, see what, what went wrong. That's okay. But man, if, if that's not Chris Holtman in a nutshell, I don't know what is. This year, it's been a coach and a leader without answers. And again, you're not going to hear me say fire Chris Holtman. He has approximately 300 more days until the pressure is on for him to be out. But man, I, I just found it funny that that quote, that could have been copied and pasted from any other game this year at this point. I'm going to get my takeaways now. Typically, in in recap shows, I do more of here's how the game went, here's where the game went wrong or went right. I don't have it in me. And it's really hard to do that when in the second half, Iowa just pours in on you. So, let's see here. I've got six takeaways. How about that? How about that for a number? So, we're going to be here for a bit. If you thought this was going to be a short episode, you're wrong. How dare you shortchange me? I'll never, I will never give you a short episode unless there's reason to. I've got a few takeaways. How much suspense can I build? How much can I sit here, have you wait? Sitting there, just waiting for my six takeaways. Must be brutal for you right now. You you probably skipped by 15 seconds at this point, and I don't blame you. Okay. First takeaway. These are in no particular order. Zed Key. Zed Key. My favorite player to watch at Ohio State in the past couple of years. Now, EJ Liddell, yeah, of course. Malachi Branham, sure. Justin Arns, who I refer to on pretty much any show. Joey Lane, of course. Can't forget him. But Zed Key, man, seemed like last year especially, whenever he got posted up, and he had an opportunity to score. He would score. This year, not so much due to the shoulder injury. Speaking of the shoulder injury, why is Zed Key still out there? I got to calm myself down. Last night, I was getting angry. And I don't live stream anything, but you would have saw an angry Views from the Shot podcast host last night. Zed Key continually getting hurt with that shoulder. He cannot extend it fully vertically. 
I should say. He can't. And it hampers him defensively. Obviously, offensively, it's hurt him as well. I don't understand why Zed Key is still out there. Give him a week. Give him two weeks to heal up. Maybe you get a healthy Zed Key. You start him up again in March. And he's enough to get Ohio State to squeak past Penn State or Nebraska or whoever they may face in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, which will be on freaking Wednesday for Ohio State. Get him out of there. He's obviously not healthy. Medical staff, Chris Holtman said after the game, medical staff has continued to clear him to play. Obviously, they have, or he wouldn't be out there. And again, I respect Zed Key so much for the fact that he's simply out there playing basketball. But man, he's not right. I don't know what exactly the shoulder injury is, and I'm not an expert on shoulder injuries or injuries of any kind. But it just feels like he's out there to be out there. Let him sit. Let him rest. And hopefully get better. Bryce Sensenbaugh. At this point, the question must be asked. Is he playing his way back to Ohio State? See, two weeks ago, Bryce Sensenbaugh was the only thing giving Ohio State life. And Ohio State's losses meant one thing. Hey, Bryce Sensenbaugh looks good, and he's building his resume to be a first-round pick in the NBA draft. I'm not saying that he's going to be back in Columbus next year. Highly doubt he'll be playing for Ohio State in the winter. But he's had consecutive games now where offensively things don't click. He airballed a three badly in the loss to Iowa, which an airball... It is what it is. A miss is a miss. But not only that, the turnovers, the bad defense, the incredible reluctancy to use your brain when playing defense and just some stupid fouls below your own hoop. Bryce Sensenball is not playing good basketball right now. You can go back and look at his stats and look at how he's played, but even in this one, The stats, they jump out and they say, oh, he played okay, right? 16 points, 6 of 11 from the field. That's better than 50%. Made half of his three-point attempts. Six turnovers. I'm not saying he's hitting a freshman wall. I don't know. But man, he's not playing well right now. And his draft stock, with every game, it's tumbling. You look at the stark contrast between him and Malachi Branham last year. You remember how good Malachi Branham was in November and December? And then you got to February, March. Malachi Branham was the best player on the floor in most games. He looked really, really good. Bryce Sensenbaugh has been the opposite. He It seems as though he's gotten worse as the year has gone on, especially in the past couple games. Maybe it's a slump. Maybe it's a freshman lull. Maybe I'm an idiot, and I don't know if he's actually playing well or not. Those all could be possibilities, but worth mentioning. My third takeaway, when the Buckeyes go small, a la Eugene Brown, they get torched defensively. 
if you do not have Zed Key or Felix Akpara in the game, Ohio State will struggle defensively. Not even struggle. I mean, it's turnstiles. It's like the, the comparison of an offensive line in football putting five trash cans out there. It's about that difficult to score. You could put five trash cans out there on the court. And when Eugene Brown is in there, and this is not an indictment on Eugene Brown because I like him, but when he becomes your five, your quote-unquote center, when you go small ball and you can't get a stop, it makes it impossible to go small ball. So we see Chris Holtman going to the small ball lineup where Eugene Brown is supposed to anchor this team at the technical five position and then after 30 seconds, 60 seconds, a minute and a half, two minutes, that's it. All over. Done with that experiment. That certainly did not work. That's what we see when Eugene Brown is in there. And again, it's not on Eugene Brown. He's a great defender. He's a guy when he shoots threes, he doesn't jump. So that's pretty cool. Watch that next time you watch Eugene Brown get some shots up. I think it's more so on Chris Holtman. It is a critique. It is not a call for him to be fired. But... If you can't figure out a way if you can't figure out a way to play small ball, maybe stop trying. It is February 17th after all. I don't think we have a small ball rotation. Just a thought. I'll move on to my fourth takeaway now. I'm going to move some things around. I have a point D here that that's actually going to be my last point, so hopefully that builds some suspense as well. Tell you what, Ohio State this offense, what do we continue to see? And just watch. Watch with your own eyes the next time Ohio State plays, which is against Purdue. Oh, boy. Watch Ohio State's offense. This is a team, whether it be Bruce Thornton or Zed Key or Justice Suing, whoever gets the ball, it seems like Ohio State always finds a way to get the ball on the block, dribble around, pick up your dribble, No one gets open. They just kind of move around the three-point line. No screens, no cuts, and then we just kind of throw it up or throw it away. I don't understand how a basketball team with the athletes that Ohio State has, no back screens, no fade screens being set, no cross screens, nothing like that. Not even cutting. Just kind of moving around the three-point line. And again, the lack of leadership. Chris Holtman has spoken about it. Bruce Thornton named a captain in freaking February. It's not good basketball, and far be it from me to be the guy who says this is a selfish team. I think it's very, very difficult to make that assumption. But man, no one wants to go screen. No one wants to cut. It's like no one really cares to do anything unless the ball is in their hands. Again, just watch... If you got the game DVR'd, which is what I have with YouTube, which is what I have with YouTube TV, not a sponsor, but could be. You can you can DVR anything, at least with the description I have. You can DVR anything and everything. There's no limit. It's on the cloud. Go back and watch that game. You can find it on YouTube as well. Or just watch the Purdue game. 
you'll see the exact same thing because it's been the same team all year. So I wouldn't expect it to change. That is the motion of Ohio State basketball offensively when they get into a lull. Dribble the ball around a little bit. Stop. No one really gets open. No screens being set. Throw the ball up or throw it away. Last thing I'll say, defensively, last night, I get that we know Iowa's a good shooting team. I'm okay with admitting that. It felt like Chris Holtman had screamed at Ohio State. This is a shooting team. Get your hands up. And not only get your hands up, but jump up and down. Anyone play NBA 2K? I will recreationally. I don't play it seriously. There's a badge on there called Pogo Stick. You can have a a seven-footer jumping up and down, giving up on shot fakes. And with the Pogo Stick badge, it's like you didn't even jump. They just jump quickly, get back down, and then they can get in position to block a shot from there. These badges are not equipped on the Ohio State basketball team. Not only jumping at shots, giving in to shot fakes, but just at that point running out of the play. And then the Buckeyes defense has got to rotate. Iowa gets up a good shot. And that's how they closed out the first half on a 12-0 run. That's how Iowa made a lot of their shots. Just a small thought there. My last thought before getting into some thoughts from you, the fans. Looking at Ohio State basketball in a vacuum is wrong. Right now, fans who are short-sighted and just want to look at how Ohio State lost to Iowa how they're second to last place in the Big Ten, how Chris Holtman needs to be fired, all those different types of things. You're looking at Ohio State basketball in a vacuum. I should have went back and done some research and found some players or coaches who got off to a bad start. And then now you're like, oh shoot, if we would have fired them then, that would have been really bad. We'd be in a much worse situation. I didn't. So sorry. I'm sure you can think of some coaches off the top of your head. This show's getting a little long, so I'll just move on. But don't look at Ohio State in a vacuum. Don't look at the Buckeyes in just this one season. It is much more than that. There's recruiting implications on the line. Ohio State, notoriously as an organization, is slow at reacting to anything NCAA-related, NIL, collectives, all those different types of things. Ohio State, I believe, will get it figured out. I still have faith that Chris Holtman will be able to turn it around. Certainly not this season, but next season. So don't look at Ohio State in a vacuum. And also, stop having the expectation that Ohio State is going to go into Purdue or Iowa or wherever and win. Just relieve yourself of the stress that Ohio State needs to win this game. Whatever they're playing. Whether it be against Penn State. They have a game against Penn State next Thursday, whether it be Purdue, the best team in the Big Ten by far. At least that's my opinion. You may not share that. Don't go into games thinking they're going to win. And also, probably put some money down on Ohio State losing and not covering the spread, because if you do, you're going to likely net some money, which is what I've been doing responsibly by the way i do it responsibly ohio state 
is not the team that they have been in the past. I understand your expectation for them to be very, very good every single year. It's not realistic, necessarily. Look at Kentucky this year. Look at North Carolina. Look at Duke. All those blue bloods, not every year can they be great. And we're certainly not on their level. We're a tier below. It's close. But we're not on their level. Don't go into every game assuming that Ohio State is going to win. So don't get upset when they lose. That's just my opinion. You can have your expectations, but they're not going to be met and you're going to be upset. Couple of thoughts. At Ian Mack, 018. He wants to know, at what point do we hold Smith, that's Gene Smith, accountable for the premature contract extension of Holtman? He's done nothing of significance to justify it. Well, Ian, in my opinion, not at this point. And if we do, what does that even look like? How do you hold an AD accountable to a hire? What are we going to do? We're not going to go to games anymore. We're not going to watch him on TV. A lot of people are going to do that. That's fine. But that's just because they're fair-weathered fans. And they're passive. And they're apathetic toward Ohio State basketball. You would never do that with Ohio State football. But at this point, no, we don't. Because Chris Holtman will be here next year. And he will have the opportunity to write the ship. He's brought in better recruiting classes consistently than we've seen in years. So at this point, we don't hold him accountable for a premature contract extension. And you can't even say that it's premature. I'm sorry. You can't say that it's premature. We're one year into this extension. You cannot say that his extension is premature. Do I agree that he's done nothing of significance to justify it? Yeah, probably. The expectation is to make the tournament every year. And that's what Ohio State has done. They win in the first round some years. They've never won in the second round to go to the Sweet 16. We know that. But at this point, it's too early. Give it until next year. At this time, see where Ohio State is. And at that point, yeah, we can we can take our fire and our pitchforks to Gene Smith. At Don John 1902 friend of the pod. He would love to hear about the decision of bringing in Ice Likely. He loved getting a veteran point guard, but he can't shoot. I agree that Ice likely cannot shoot. Look, this job that Chris Holtman has is very, very difficult. The job of being a college basketball coach, being a college football coach at this point is very difficult because you're dealing with NIL, you're dealing with collectives, you're trying to learn How in the world can we adjust from that and be successful with it? This is why you're seeing coaches move and have desires to move from college to the pro level, especially college football, to the NFL. So it's very, very difficult right now. And I think it will, you'll continue to see this trend of college coaches trying to make their way into the pro level. But it's very, very difficult. Ice likely seemed like an okay find for Ohio State bringing him in. But yeah, he can't shoot. Do you know his free throw percentage? If you don't look it up, do you know how many shots Ice likely has made from the free throw line this year? Less than half would be your answer. 41.7% from the free throw line. He's 12.5% from three which is the worst he has ever shot in his college career, even going back to his days at Oklahoma State. Here's what Ice Likely is. 
If you're expecting him to be a shooter, you just didn't know much about Ice Likely before coming into Ohio State. He's never been a guy who can shoot the lights out. Two years ago, he shot over 40% from the field. Sorry, not not from the field, from the three-point line. He's always shot over 40% from the field until this year. But he's not a shooter. That's not the type of player he is. He can rebound and he can defend. And that's what you should expect from Ice Likely. Now, if you're talking about three-pointers, then you can go into, well, why did Sean McNeil only get four shots up last night from deep? Bruce Thornton, he's shooting 38% from three. Why is he not shooting more? Tanner Holden, a nice transfer from Wright State. I mean, you look at players, and if you're going to hold anyone accountable for three-point shooting, should not be ice likely. So I understand the sentiment. Why bring in ice? It's not for three-point shooting. It's for defense. It's for rebounding. It's to be a leader. Or at least that's what you expect. You haven't gotten that this year. This has been a long show, so I'll wrap it up quickly. I appreciate you joining here today on the Views from the Shot podcast. Saturday morning, you can expect a preview episode of the Purdue game, which will come up here on Sunday, and we're just going to keep on cranking. Good, bad, ugly, or 2023 Ohio State basketball season doesn't matter. Keep covering it. Keep giving our thoughts. I appreciate you joining today. This has been... The Views from the Shot podcast. Go Bucks.